are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a Sunday, January 6th episode of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host for today, Eric Garcia Gunderson, editor and writer at LeBron Wire, part of the USA Today NBA Wire sites, also a contributor at the Associated Press and former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian. Welcome back to the show. It is a Sunday. It is the day after two Blazer games back-to-back at home against two of the best teams in the NBA and the Western Conference. They split both of those games, and we're going to start with the most recent one. They won last night on Saturday night, bouncing back after a very close loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder. They lost by two points to Oklahoma City, and then they played the Houston Rockets last night, who are well, were the hottest team in the NBA coming into the game. And the Blazers walk away with a 110-101 victory over the Rockets. Yusuf Nurkic doing it once again, 25 points and 15 rebounds. But I think what was what has been missing oftentimes from this Blazers team was the kind of big three type of performance that they got last night. Damian Lillard with 17 points and 12 assists to lead the way in that category, getting everybody involved on a night when his shot really wasn't as good as it normally is. And then C.J. McCollum having uh, one of his better nights with 24 points on 9 of 21 shooting. He, he, he got to the basket, he got to the line a couple times, and, and made some big shots down the stretch of this game, which really helped them on a night when... They were without Mo Harkless, who continues to be out in the second night of back-to-backs. If you listened to the last episode, you heard Jason Quick and I kind of talking about uh, Harkless's knee, and and, and we were intrigued by what was going to happen in this back-to-back, and it still is that Harkless is is still not playing in back-to-backs and still needs to be careful with that knee. So... uh, being that it's almost halfway through the season, I would I'm starting to wonder whether this is just going to be the season for for Harkless until otherwise until we know otherwise. Um, but the good thing is, is that he has contributed when he's been out there, so they're they're managing the they're managing the injury I think in a really responsible way. Um, and by the way, Jason Quick, if some of you might be confused, but Jason Quick is going to be joining us on the podcast throughout the season. So uh, really excited about that. So go back and listen to that conversation that I had with Jason on Friday. But uh, back to the Blazers game on Saturday. They had a pretty solid team effort. Alfaruka Minu did an excellent job defending James Harden for much of the game. I thought, you know, normally he doesn't get the the, the first chance on Harden. Typically that job goes to Maurice Harkless. And uh, Aminu, I thought, did a, a really admirable job guarding Harden for much of the game. Even though he only had seven points, Aminu had a team high plus minus of plus 18. And, uh... Was, was just a big factor in this game. Obviously, he didn't guard Harden for the entire game, but he definitely guarded him enough 
and and when he did guard him, it was it was really tough on Harden. But Harden still had some amazing plays, some amazing shots. He had 38 points, and it wasn't the most efficient game for him. He was 13 of 35 from the field. So obviously that that's not what you want to see. But uh, you know when you when you look at this win, it was Portland kind of keying in on Harden and also shutting off the the three point shot. And, and and that is something that we haven't really seen as much from this Blazers team. They they, they have gotten the three pointers drained on them by everybody and. Last night they face a team that puts up you know just as many as anybody in the league, and Harden, who individually is averaging an insane, I think like fifteen three pointers a game or something like that. Portland did a good job of cutting off the other avenues by which the Rockets get threes. Obviously, Harden got some, but I thought Portland did a really good job on the three point line against the rest of. The team and Harden himself. So uh, Harden was five of seventeen from three. So I, I, I thought Portland deserves credit for their three point defense, which has been a trouble spot for them against the Rockets. They they really took care of business against Houston on the defensive end, and then offensively, Yusuf Nurkic continues to bully teams and dominate teams on the inside, which has just been a game changer for this Blazers team. It really has. He continues to just be a really uh, just a handful for for opposing teams and Clint Capella who is one of the best defensive centers in the league he doesn't really have the the weight to go with Nurkic in the post and and Nurk really just took it to the Rockets and punished them for just not having the size to to go with him and and like I said this is a Rockets team that came into the game as the hottest team in the league and Portland did this pretty shorthanded. But I also have to give credit to Evan Turner, who got the start in Harkless's place and does seem to be playing through something. That's something that Jason Quick let us know on the podcast. And he's there every day. So, it, you know, he saw that, you know, Turner is kind of dealing with something, although it's kind of undisclosed and he's not really going to reveal it. On top of that, he turned his ankle last night in the fourth quarter, but still played through it and and had a really solid game with 14 points, four assists, three rebounds, and he was six of 11 from the field and, and really was just kind of that calming influence that at times he can be. And obviously, if they're not going to have Harkless, it's one that they need. Looking at the bench for the Blazers last night, Zach Collins, uh, Scored scored some points, but the bench overall didn't have the greatest game. I think the guy that had the best game for the bench really was Jake Lehman. He came in. He was active. He, for the second straight game, got minutes over Nick Stauskas. Uh, so a, as it stands now, Stauskas is out of the rotation and Lehman is in, which is uh, an interesting development given that I haven't been very impressed with Lehman this season and Stauskas, on the other hand, has really been a nice surprise for the Blazers. But, uh, you know, these things happen throughout the season. The season is really long, and Lehman could be playing really well in practice, could be really impressing the coaches and earning his way into the rotation, or it could be a kind of a matchup space thing. I'm not sure, but uh, it is an interesting development for the Blazers given that the Curry-Stauskas thing has really worked, but perhaps... Some of the calculus could also be give more minutes to Curry 
and, and, and let him have more say in the offense. And as great as Stauskas is, you know, if Curry's one of the main guards out there, you got to give him the ball. You got to force feed him. So um, that also could be part of the calculus there is trying to get Seth Curry just more usage just because he's been so good. Curry only had five points against the Rockets, but uh, his threat out there to score is just always something that teams have to contend with. And uh, that was the case even when he was missing all of his two-point shots earlier in the season. The the Blazers' net rating with Curry on the court was still really good because no matter how bad he's how bad he was shooting earlier in the season. He's shooting 50% from three now. And it's just, you know, a, a night, he's a headache. And he, he's a guy that guys think he's a guy that teams think about when they're facing the Blazers, especially when that second unit is on the court. So, um, we're going to take one quick break and we're going to talk about the Oklahoma city game. What happened in that one? And uh, look ahead to the rest of this Blazers schedule, which includes a lot of winnable games and a really, I think, great opportunity for the Blazers to make up some ground in the Western Conference and and maybe get up into uh, another tier uh, with some of the other teams that have really good records and maybe play some catch up and, and give themselves a little cushion between themselves and being out of the playoffs. So uh, we're going to be right back with more Locked on Blazers just in a moment. And welcome back to Locked on Blazers. And we're going to talk about the other game, the 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 not as positive game for the Portland Trail Blazers in the second of the back or in the first of the back to back. Excuse me, that went down on Friday night at the Moda Center. It was a 111-109 loss, and Portland had a chance. C.J. McCollum missing what could have been a, a game tying jumper, and uh, you know, obviously it was it was just disappointing to lose in that way. Paul George continuing to play MVP type basketball, uh, 37 points in that game against the Blazers and including some, some huge, huge shots. And I said this the other night on Twitter after the game, but I really do believe it. Uh, my first year at the Columbian, I was, I was covering the Blazers when they went that 24 and five start and they were the best team in the, in the, in the NBA. And that was also at the same time that the Pacers were 20 and two and were amazing. I mean, I think they were, they were, Portland and Indiana were like right there as the best teams in the league at that point. And Paul George went for 43 in that game. And the guy that he is now is just a different player. I remember him pulling up deep from three and and kind of hitting a lot of moves in transition, a lot of quick moves. And it felt like he was going through everything really, really early. And it's, he was going to the same moves. And it it feels like now he he's really setting things up and playing a longer game and really his finishing is just spectacular right now. I mean, his he's one of the best finishers, if not the best finisher right now in the league uh, in terms of guys that you have to worry about. And and George showed that on Friday night with 37 points, and I think he really is deserving of some MVP recognition uh, because 
he he really has taken his game to another level. It's not the the same George that I saw then, and that's before the the leg injury. Uh, you know, he was really great early, really got it going early, and then just wasn't really a big finisher. But now it's kind of he's got that maturity that we've seen a lot of times from Damian Lillard, where he sets guys up early and then just explodes late when the team needs him to put the game away. And that's really, I thought, what what George did the other night. And then Damian Lillard had a chance to win the game with a three pointer, but he missed it. And and or not to win the game, excuse me, he to extend the game, he missed the three pointer, and uh, he the Blazers got a rebound, and then it was kind of just a it was just to make the score nicer. Uh, but the Blazers lost that game. Oklahoma City has the best defense in the league. I thought Portland really had a lot of trouble with Oklahoma City's length, uh, which is among the best in the league. It's like one of the things that the Thunder for years, even without Kevin Durant, have really hung their hat on, is getting long, athletic guys that can defend. And and that's what we saw from the Thunder against the Blazers that night. The the bench for them, I mean, is, is they have so many good defenders on the bench. Schroeder is a good defender. Nerlens Noel is a good defender. Uh, Noel had a couple of great plays at the rim against the Blazers. Second unit driving the lane, uh, whether it was Turner or Curry. uh, Noel played some big, big minutes for the Thunder and really delivered for them. And I didn't even mention Russell Westbrook, who had 31 points as he helped George combine for 68 points, which is the most they've ever scored as a duo in a game together. So uh, you got, on top of George being one of the best players in the NBA this season, you also had Westbrook, who obviously has won an MVP, is regarded as one of the best players in the league, but has not really had that great of a season, having one of his better games, at least in in terms of shooting the ball. And so... Uh, you you really kind of ran into a buzzsaw there. And, and again, Yusuf Nurkic playing well, doing a good job of scoring and switches, which has been a, a common theme for him over this stretch. He had 22 points. Uh, CJ McCollum having a really tough game in that one, but he bounced back the following night against the Rockets. So uh, credit to him. CJ obviously offensively having one of his toughest seasons uh, and at least in terms of shooting efficiency, one of his worst, uh, aside from the rookie year when he was hurt and barely played at all. So uh, CJ is is struggling, but uh, I think all things considered, it, it, even though CJ is struggling, the Blazers being still in the thick of things, being right there tied with uh, a 14 group of, of the Clippers, the Rockets, the Spurs, uh, all four of those teams are tied between four and seven. And they're all a little bit ahead right now of uh, the the kind of other tier of teams trying to make the Western Conference playoffs uh, with the Lakers and the Jazz. The Lakers are currently a game and a half back of the Blazers, but uh, right now the Lakers are on the road and they're down by 19 in the first quarter. So I think odds are they're going to be down by two games by uh, tomorrow. So uh, Portland doing a good job of staying out of that eight seed, that precarious spot in the Western Conference. And giving themselves, uh, you know, so, some cushion and, and winning one of these two close games, and you know, I, I I think that was one of the things that I was worried about 
for this Blazers team was could they split one of these two against two teams that have been better than them or at least were higher than them in the standings. And uh, obviously the Rockets have made a really great run as of late, whereas the Thunder have been good pretty much the whole season. Uh, But despite that, these were two really tough games back to back on top of that, the fact that they were one after the other. But the, the good news is now that Portland has a, a day off today and, and they get to relax a little bit and then they come back home and they're going to face the New York Knicks who are just coming off a win against the uh, Los Angeles Lakers and the, the Knicks aren't really into winning two games in a row. So uh, they might want to come in and make a statement, but really they, they, they just have not been that good of a team. They, they do have an interest in losing games they're trying to win, but they're also, you know, they're they're also a really young team with a lot of guys that aren't going to be uh, big time finishers if the game gets close. I don't know, you know, how close this game's going to be. Uh, I think uh, anyway, the, the Knicks are coming in, and then you look ahead. They got the Knicks, the Bulls, who are also uh, a, not a very good team at all, and then the Charlotte Hornets, who are a competent group, but uh, obviously not one, I don't think, to, to fear like Houston or Oklahoma City. But uh, we'll talk more about that in a moment. We'll be right back with more Locked On Blazers. And welcome back to Locked On Blazers for today's final segment here on the podcast. We're looking ahead at Portland's next game and and really kind of their next three, but we're really going to focus in on what to expect with the New York Knicks. It's the second time, though, that they've seen them this season, so not a whole lot of new stuff to expect from New York, but they they do have some some talented players, and as I mentioned, they're coming off of uh, a, a, a nice win, an upset, if you will. I mean, they were seven-point underdogs, six-point underdogs the other night in Los Angeles against the Lakers as they they beat them on the road 119-113, but uh, they are still one of the worst teams in the league with one of the worst records in the league. And uh, my uh, my buddy Craig Bernbach, uh, who used to be the sports anchor at, at K2, he's a Knicks fan, and I think he said it best. You can really bank on the Knicks getting one big win a month, but then... Uh, I don't know if you can bank on – now, I'm adding on to that. I don't know if you can bank on more than that uh, for New York as as energetic as they are. I think that's the one thing that I can definitely say about the New York Knicks is that uh, as as bad as their record is, they're not really a sorry team to watch. They, they play hard. They go at you. They're well coached. David Fisdale is a really good coach. And, you know, he he really coaches his guys up and and teaches them to play the right way. Obviously, this is a team that doesn't have a lot of talent. It's a team that Kristaps Porzingis, their best player, is probably not going to play this season. So uh, they're they're probably trying to get into the Zion sweepstakes so they can pair Zion with with Porzingis. And uh, they, they have some good players. Noah Vonleh might be their best player, uh, which is pretty wild, but he, he has been probably their most consistent player, especially on both ends of the court. In, in terms of offense, Tim Hardaway Jr., who had 32 points the last time out when the Blazers were in New York City, uh, he, he's a guy that can really fill it up. He's a real big-time volume scorer. So uh, that's a guy that you're going to have to worry about on the offensive end. And, and a guy also uh, in the starting lineup that is having 
kind of a bounce back season and I thought was going to be out of the league, but it has really played well this season to his credit is Emmanuel Moutier, who is still only 22 years old. Uh, he, he's been playing really well for them. Still can attack the basket really well. Has I love his pace off the dribble. His, his three-point shooting has actually been better this year as well. So uh, that's a guy that Portland's going to have to be aware of at the point of attack is Emmanuel Moutier. Uh, but this Knicks team is really well coached. Uh, they, they have a guy in the lineup, too, that wasn't there last time out in Luke Cornette, who is a, is a stretchy five that is going to at least draw Yusuf Nurkic out of the paint a little bit, which is going to be an interesting challenge, even though you know he may not be the most talented or you know the most feared guy that you think about when you think about stretch fives and guys that can shoot the three Cornette can shoot it and uh that's going to test Portland's pick and roll scheme which is normally to have Nurkic drop back in the pick and roll and wait for guys to to drive it is going to be a little bit of a challenge and I wonder if they're going to change uh, matchups and maybe have a menu guard cornet, which sometimes they do against stretchy guy against stretchy bigs. So uh, that's going to be something that I'm looking for in terms of what's going to happen. And then obviously, uh, w- when you're a team like Portland that is so much more talented than th- your opponent, you got to bring the energy. And I think the Blazers will do that. Damian Lillard as the leader of the team, typically has gotten them to do that. Uh, they, they rarely uh, mess up on a on a you know a team that is not quite as good as they are. So, uh, I, but but that doesn't mean that it can't happen. So uh, I think the energy level is obviously going to be uh, probably the most important thing for the Blazers more than anything schematically like I just talked about with the pick and roll defense and 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 kind of the stretchy players that they have uh at the big spots for the Knicks and then uh you you look at the bench Enos Cantor a very good bench scorer gonna potentially provide some problems on the interior for either Myers Leonard or Zach Collins so that's going to be a challenge and then another guy that we didn't really have to worry about last time he he didn't really make much of an impact but has made an impact as of late is is Kevin Knox. He won the Eastern Conference Rookie of the Month award uh, in December and has really gotten more minutes, has played his way into the rotation, has earned it, and he's more than just uh, a jump shooter. He can really play with the ball in his hands and and is a problem uh, that the Blazers are going to have to deal with as well. So uh, while the Knicks have a bad record, they have a lot of guys that can hurt you and – if Portland doesn't bring the energy level, I think you know they could be in trouble against this Knicks team because of how talented they are, or, or not how talented, how hard they play, uh, more than anything, and how well coached they are. So uh, that is my look ahead to the Knicks game, which is tomorrow night, Monday night, January 7th at the Moda Center. And that's going to do it for this edition of Lockdown Blazers. So thank you for listening. Subscribe. Leave us a review. We're going to have more podcasts. We're going to have Jason Quick. We're going to have Corbett Smith. We're going to have that whole crew. It's going to be the crew for the whole year. So I hope you get excited. Subscribe. Tell a friend. And uh, we'll be back with more Locked on Blazers as we get this week going.